Hello, you're listening to the Analysis Mason podcast with Tom Rebeck, and I'm here with Ibrahim Kassaji, our resident expert on private networks. We're going to talk about the latest forecast for private networks based on our updated forecast. So, Ibrahim, before we go into the numbers, let's just talk about the suppliers for private networks. Um, who are they and what does the, the opportunity mean to them? So there's many different types of players who are involved in private networks. So you have established equipment providers like Nokia and Ericsson. They've been active in the market for a while. You have mobile network operators, hyperscalers, systems integrators, many other types of player who are all involved in various aspects. And in terms of what the opportunity means for them, so it varies by the type of player. So for the established vendors like Nokia and Ericsson, it's, it's sort of useful incremental revenue. Obviously, it pales in comparison to the revenue they get from, from public cellular networks. Likewise, with mobile network operators, it's, it's a very small part of their overall enterprise revenue, but it's still a useful kind of new revenue stream. Uh, and it gives them a chance to, to showcase their 5G capabilities and different capabilities. Um, but some of the smaller players, like, like challenger vendors like Solona, it's, it's quite a big opportunity for them because they're not involved in, in the public networks. So, so they have this new market where, where they can win market share and, and generate big revenue. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a sort of classic situation where you've got these established vendors and for them, it's a really small part of their revenue. But like you said, it's useful incremental revenue. I think in the article, you say it's something like it's worth kind of roughly 5% of spend on public networks. But you've got all these little challenges and that is their whole, it's their whole business, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so it's it's their full focus. So they're fully going after opportunities, regardless of the size. Yeah. Um, and and together it accounts for a, for a big deal for them. Yeah. Okay. Let's turn to the forecast then. What are the the headline numbers on in terms of network spend? So we see the market as it was around one billion US dollars in 2022, and that's going to rise to about nine billion by 2028. So it's still fairly early days for private networks. It was about five years ago that we started to see it emerge on scale. Before that, it was very much a niche opportunity. Um, so it's grown very quickly in terms of number of networks. It was a couple of hundred in 2020, 2019. We now have a couple of thousand, and we think it's going to get to about 60,000 by 2028. So, so we get to 9 billion in network spend by 2028. And as you said before, it's about 5% of spend on public networks. So, so it's quite small in the grand scheme of things of mobile networks, but it's growing very quickly from a small base. Yeah. Also, I mean, that, that figure is, I guess, roughly around the size of the IoT connectivity market. I mean, it's probably a bit bigger than that, Yeah, big, bigger than $9 billion these days, but not a huge amount bigger. So it's kind of in the same, in the same range. Um, what about the changes since you last updated this forecast a year ago? So I think there's one headline change, and that's around the, the technology split between LTE and 5G. So private networks, uh, especially the private 5G component, gets a lot of attention, a lot of focus. I think part of that is because of how slow 5G has been elsewhere in the enterprise space. So with private 5G, uh, th there's actually kind of concrete examples where operators, vendors, and so on, they can point to kind of 5G in action as a positive story. So private 5G gets a lot of attention. But if you look at the market today, actually, the majority of activity is in LTE. We think it's about 25% of networks are 5G today, and that's going to go up to just under 50% by 2028. But we have slowed down some of that growth in the 5G, the 5G share of networks, and a few reasons for that. I think firstly, um, 5G device availability is, is still quite low. The devices that are there are expensive. Um, so even if enterprise wants to deploy a private network, it, it has a use case that's identified. 
if the devices aren't there or at an affordable price, then then it's going to delay that decision or push it back or choose to just go with a private LTE network instead. Um, so I think that's one consideration. And also the other part of it is that private LTE is doing quite well. And we're starting to see a few customers who they launched private LTE early. They started with a single network. And now that they've kind of shown the value of that, they're going to multiple networks across multiple sites, maybe going from one country to multiple countries. So, so those mature customers are scaling up. And that means that there's, there's a lot more private LTE networks today than private 5G. And while we do think there's going to be growth in 5G, we, we have just slowed it down slightly. So uh, as I said, just under 50% of networks will be 5G by 2028. Yeah. And I guess that's also partly around uh, spectrum availability and some restrictions on that because isn't CBRS in the US, that's all LTE and there's quite a lot of activity there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That there is regional variation, um, and yeah, it depends on spectrum availability. So in the US, CBRS, it's it's very ready available. It's very cheap, and it's pretty much all LTE today. So again, that five G shares, even though we're in in the US, North America. Um, if you look at Western Europe, there's several countries where five G industrial spectrum has been made available. Uh, Germany is a big one where it's been a very strong uptake of a private five G there. And then other markets around the world where 5G is less established as a whole. So again, it's very LTE based today. But yeah, that, that will change as private 5G spectrum becomes available. That's going to drive the uptake of 5G as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that we, uh, so the industry quite often holds up private networks as an example of, or early examples of where 5G is really gaining traction and really being used. I mean, I think we've done this as well. Um, so it's interesting when you say the numbers are still overwhelmingly 4G rather than 5G, even in this private network space? Yeah, so I think just to highlight, actually, probably these into our next question of, of what private networks are being used for. And in some cases, it's very simple applications like asset tracking, or it, it may just be fixed wireless, um, in which case LT is perfectly fine. But we are seeing plenty of kind of more interesting stuff on 5G, things like autonomous vehicles, robotics, CCTV cameras, some of the more advanced applications. Um, so it's not as if it's not going on. It's just it's taking longer to kind of progress from trials to actual commercial deployments. Yeah. Um, what, what else is, um, is, is driving growth in this market? So I think a big part of it is digitization of products and services. So, so many enterprises, particularly large enterprises, are going through a, a digital transformation process, turning their factories into smart factories or ports into smart ports and so on. And they see private OT and 5G as, as an attractive way of doing that. So it has advantages over other technologies. So compared to Wi-Fi, for example, it, it performs well indoors. In outdoors, if you're covering a very large area like a mine or a port or an airport, it's more uh, cost effective to private networks than Wi-Fi. Um, and just kind of that flexibility of having wireless compared to existing technologies. So an enterprise in a factory, you may have a lot of uh, wired kind of Ethernet connections and, and replacing those devices or extending that coverage can be costly and you have to send engineers to, to rip up floorboards and so on. So you get much more flexibility with private wireless. So I think that's that's part of the attraction as well. Uh, what about the other side then? Thinking about the um, the inhibitors of, of growth, uh, what are they and what's being done to, to overcome them? I think the top two inhibitors are cost and complexity. So we touched on cost a bit already, and particularly on the 5G side, where the equipment is expensive, uh, devices, again, it's sort of a chicken and egg situation where for the prices to come down, there needs to be kind of demand of, of volumes of devices being shipped out. 
but for the demand to be there, the cost has to come down. So I think that takes a bit of time. So we should see the cost start to come down over time. And likewise, the complexity of cellular is, is complicated. A lot of enterprises don't have that expertise of cellular expertise. They're very familiar with Wi-Fi or probably less familiar with cellular. So, so then there's that cost and complexity of doing the systems integration, of feeding the private network into the existing IT systems, managing it with other technologies and networks. And so I think that's kind of the big barrier at the moment is, is uh, especially when you compare it to Wi-Fi, is that private cellular is, is more expensive and it's more complicated. And I think those are inhibitors which may cause some enterprise to be wary of, of adopting private networks. And particularly in terms of where private networks are adopted today, it's very much large multinational enterprises. They have the resources to spend on the private networks. They, they have internal networking teams who can manage and, and support the network. But in terms of small and medium-sized enterprises, we're not seeing too much adoption yet. And I think cost and complexity is a big thing. And I think that's where kind of suppliers in the market that they really need to work on, uh, on making it as simple as possible, making sure that they can manage the network and give them that support on their behalf. Uh, support them with the systems integration aspects of getting the network up and running. And I think that's the key is getting that, addressing the cost and complexity will, will help the market in the long run, especially among these, these small and mid-sized enterprises. Okay, great. Thank you, Ibrahim. Um, as always, this is based on research that we've published. So there is a article that's freely available. So we'll put a link to that. And there's also the, the longer forecast report for, for subscribers. If you'd like to automatically receive future episodes, please subscribe to the Analysis Mason podcast. We also welcome your comments, feedback and reviews. And I checked before recording this and we still only have one rating on Apple Podcasts. Though it is a, a five-star rating. Uh, we'd like to have um, hopefully more five-star ratings. So yeah, if you would like to add to this, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening.